0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. I really just kind of started asking myself, why does God talk so much about us being a godly steward? When you think about the word steward, it simply means a manager, and specifically it's a manager of the material blessings that God gives us, and why does God talk about that so much? And the more and more I thought about it, the more I realized that when people are not really being a godly steward, meaning that they set themselves up and they're in some sort of financial strain or they, they just have the inability uh, to work with their possessions and, and live their life well, how well are they focused on their spiritual growth during those moments? So I want you to think about the last time that maybe some of you are in this position right now where it's just it's a little bit hard financially. And you've got a lot of bills, you've got a lot of debt, you've got a lot of these, these different things that just seem to keep piling on and keep piling on. You've got a lot of these worldly goods that you're trying to take care of. And I want you to think about during those times that you had, what did your spiritual growth look like? What did your service to others look like? Were you able to really perform your Christian activities that, that Christ calls us to do if you're in some sort of financial pain? So that's one of the reasons why I think God expects us to be a godly steward and and expects us to manage it so that we can actually free up a lot of energy and a lot of space where we can go serve others and we can focus on the things that we need to. So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning and how we can really be godly stewards. And one of the things that we want to look at is beginning in Colossians 3 verse 23, it says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Jesus Christ. When you think about being a godly steward, I know there's plenty of gospel or plenty of doctrines out there. Uh, one of them is known as the prosperity gospel. That they'll teach the more that you give or the more that you're doing the things for the Lord, the more that He'll bless you with financially and earthly materials. And I'm just here to tell you that that's not true. Um, we, we don't know what God's going to bless us with. We always know that God's going to take care of our needs, but the reason... That we need to be a godly steward and we need to do the things is because we do all things to Him, not in any way to get ahead financially, not in any way to to promote ourselves or to build up our pride or ego on for earthly possessions, but we're doing everything for Him and this is what He's called us to do. If we look over in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2, it tells us that moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. This is a requirement from God that we be faithful with the things that He blesses us with, that we give things back to Him, and that we do these things. Now this, specifically, this verse specifically in 1 Corinthians 4 is talking about the gospel, being good stewards of the gospel, but it, it really applies to all kinds of stewardships, that we make good use of the gifts that God has been given us. If we look over in Luke chapter 16, it says, If therefore ye have not been found faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches?" So this is talking about when you think of that unrighteous man, that, that's just simply worldly goods. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just worldly possessions. So if you haven't been found faithful in taking care of your worldly possessions, then how can you be found faithful for the true riches, which is those spiritual gifts and those spiritual blessings that we're all looking for? So in this study, we're going to consider different principles that relate to good financial stewardship and how we can make sure that we are being good stewards of all the things that God blesses us with. Before we dive in too much into the how, we really wanted to address our mindset, and really how we're addressing and picturing the worldly goods that that God blesses us with. And the first thing to keep in mind is that everything belongs to God. In the truest sense, we own nothing, because we're not taking anything with us after we leave. It's not ours. It's all God's, and that everything that we have, we're just being taught to find as a manager or as a steward of these things. If we look over in Psalms chapter 24, verse 1, it says A Psalm of David, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Everything that we see, everything that we have, it's all God's. God is the true He He's the one who owns it, and it's all His. And when we realize that nothing on this earth is really ours, it can remind us to take better care of the material things that we have, because it's all God's. It's all His. I want you to think for instance, when someone has given you something and they've asked you to take care of it, how well do you take care of that for other people? Versus when you take care of your own things. A lot of times we, we tend to put more care and more attention of taking care of things that belong to someone else a lot better than things that, that are our own. And children will do the same thing. If you ask them to manage something or ask them to take care of something that belongs to something else, they do it a lot better than if it's something that they're on. They you know, they'll throw their toys around or they won't really take care of the things, but they will take more diligence and effort to take care of something that belongs to somebody else. And when we truly realize that everything on this earth belongs to God, then we can have, have a better sense of reality that our job is to take care of His things, not our things. It's all for Him. If we look over in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we know that every good thing that we have comes from God because He's the one who owns it all anyway. Um, So He is the source of all of our blessings, everything that we have, including all of our earthly and, and material blessings. He's the resources and so that we can use these things to go back and glorify Him with it. So He's the one who gives us all these things. With that, He's the one who gives us the wisdom in order to take care of the things that He's put in our trust. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, it says, For the Lord giveth all wisdom, and out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. So we can see that God has given us the ability to obtain this wisdom, and we can use this wisdom to be better stewards of these resources that God has put in our trust. Also, if we look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 11, it says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. When we look up this word inheritance, it means material blessings, or it, mean, it, it in its truest sense means money. So this explains that inheritance is good when it's used with wisdom, when it's used properly, when it's used as a good steward, that you can go and you can make more profit, that, that can be a blessing to more and more people. These material blessings on earth are some of the resources that God has given us temporarily to help us be good stewards and help us to to grow in our management skills and in the strictest sense we don't own anything so we need to make sure that we're making good use of everything that God has provided us with we must be good stewards because everything belongs to God and we must use our ownership or our use of them in in a way that is a stewardship and glorifying to God as well so that's something to keep in mind as we continue on this study is when we're talking about good stewardship we're talking about management of the blessings that god has put in your trust so now let's talk about how we can exercise good stewardship and one of the ways that we can exercise good stewardship is in our ways to increase our ability to earn and some of the following passages that we'll look at may not be exclusively about finances but they teach general life principles that will govern every area in our life including our finances or including material possessions Look over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. It says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of heart, as unto Christ. What it's talking about here in Ephesians chapter 6 is work hard. When you have a job to do, go do it with all your might. Do it with everything that you've got. It tells us here that when you're working, you work as unto Christ. Remember how we started this lesson. We do everything like we're doing it towards God, not as men pleasers, not as way that we're going to to try to puff herself up or to make herself look better, but we work hard, and work hard like you're working towards Christ. If we look over in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 11, it says, "...by much slothful, slothfulness the building decayeth, and through idleness of hands the house droppeth through." You know, when we think about this, this principle that it's teaching us is to work hard, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter 6, and in contrast, in Ecclesiastes, when we have sloppy work, or we have lack of effort, then it's going to bring forth decay. So good stewardship and our ability to earn is meaning to work hard, put care, put attention towards it, just like you're working for Christ. And these opportunities will come about as more work is is put in. So if you really want to increase your opportunities, just put forth effort in the work that you have right in front of you. And the, the opportunities will continue to show up. You know, working hard though, it's, quite frankly, just not enough. Putting forth a lot of diligent effort is not going to get you very far. We also need to be, make sure that we're working smart. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, it says, If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then, he, then, must, he put, then must he put to more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. So of course we've seen people out there chopping wood. Some of us have, have out, been out there chopping wood ourselves, And that's really what it's talking about. If you, have, if you think about an ax that's not very sharp, you gotta put it forth a lot more strength and a lot more effort to get the job done. When if you would spend just a little bit of time and a little bit of effort to sharpen that ax, then you can go a lot further with a lot less effort. And it'd be a lot faster and it'd be a lot smoother. And we've all seen this before. So with a sharper ax, we can make sure that our efforts are more effective. Now, I want you to consider that being, having a sharper axe, this is really symbolizing all the different things of how you can learn and how you can grow your own skills and your own effort and whatever your work looks like. So a lot of us don't actually go out there and chop wood for a living, do we? But we have a job, and, and whatever that job is, we have things that we put forth the effort to. Think about ways that you can sharpen your axe, that you can grow your skill set that you can get better at whatever you're doing, so it makes your work easier and more effective. Another thing we want to look for is when we're stewardship and earning, how we can earn more is learn from others around you. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. I want you to think about that. Think about all the different times we tend to do stuff or we make decisions we go out and do different things we never really got counsel for that thing we never really asked questions we never really looked to someone that we could we could ask advice from you know so many times we see people act recklessly when it comes to getting a new job when it comes to finances when it comes to career options when it comes to moving I've seen a number of people that will move halfway across the country to take a job opportunity in a way that they will be able to grow material wise but they're sacrificing their spiritual growth at the same time they don't ever consider is there a good church there is there a good church home that's going to hold me accountable is is there good things there other than this job opportunity so what we want to do is make sure that we're seeking counsel when these different things come up maybe somebody's been in an industry that you're interested in or maybe somebody has done things before that you look up to and you admire whether it's a job opportunity Maybe we see certain people that they're really good at managing finances and they just make smart decisions. Go seek counsel from them. Look to them and learn from them. And that's a way that you can exercise stewardship in your earning. So you work hard, you work smart, and you learn from others that are around you. Another way that once we earn it, you're you're going to continue to learn and grow and and get different things, and God's going to bless you with all these material blessings. The next step that you want to look at is managing those blessings in a way that is, is good and pleasing to God. So then we have to follow certain principles in managing these things in a way that glorifies Him. And one of the first things that we look at is to be an efficient homemaker. And If you look at 1 Timothy 5.14, it says, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, and guide the house, giving none occasion to the adversary that speak reproachfully. This is Paul writing to Timothy here, and he's teaching them that the younger women, that they guide the house. When you think of that word guide, it simply means to manage the household. So Paul is telling us that part of being a Christian as a young woman is to manage her household. Just as men are to provide for and to be head over the family, women have been given an important role as well. And the woman is, is the keeper of the home. In Titus chapter 2, verse 5, it says, "...to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands." that the word of God be not blasphemed. So being a keeper of the home, this really comes about with many responsibilities to be an efficient homemaker and to really guide the house and to be a keeper of the home that, that, that works the world. So if we look over in Proverbs chapter, 20, uh, chapter 31, we have what we call the virtuous woman. And there's plenty of different characteristics that we see that we can teach women how to be, how to be more like this virtuous woman. And we're going to look at that uh, in a way of being a steward as well. If you look at Proverbs chapter 31 and you look at verse 13, it says, She seeketh wool and flax, and she worketh willingly with her hands. You know, the virtuous woman is willing to work. And she's willing to work diligently and seek things to provide for her family. Now, willing to work, that can be inside the home. It can be outside the home. It doesn't really matter what that work looks like, but she's willing to work to to provide for her family and take care of it. If you look in verse 21... It says she's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. So she knows that her house is going to be taken care of because she's going to make sure of it. She's going to take care of the things that she needs to, and she's not afraid of the snow or the winter or when hard times come because she trusts in God to get them through, and she, she has her abilities to make sure she takes care of her, her family. If you look over in verse 16, it says she considers a field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hands, she planted a vineyard. So this talks about the virtuous woman considers a field. And this shows that she did not make a hasty decision when it comes to spending her money. She made sure it was a wise investment. And when she obtains the field, then she uses it and she uses it to go make an increase. It says that she, with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. And she goes and uses that field that she, she took time buying to make sure that she has an increase from it. So she's willing to work once again. In verse 20, it says, She stretches out her hand to the poor, and yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. Part of being a good steward is making sure you have an opportunity to give and help those around you. And this is for all of us, not just the virtuous woman. But this shows that that the virtuous woman is very successful in managing her finances because she can give to other people and she can help them out. I want you to think about the last time that you were in financial strain or pain, and maybe you didn't have enough to cover all your bills. What happens when a need from a brother or sister comes up? Can you really help them if if you don't have enough to take care of your own? So this is what it's talking about with the virtuous woman, is that she does all these things. She prepares, she takes care of her family, she she manages wisely, um, and she gives to the poor. She gives to those as these needs come up. So part of being an effective steward of the blessings that God has given us is being an efficient homemaker and make sure that we're taking care of the things that we need to take care of at home. Another thing that we want to look at is simply saving money. I think you can ask any financial expert out there, really anybody in general, and many will advise you to keep a portion of everything that you make. And this is not to be spent later on frivolous things. This is to to set back a nest egg, set back a little bit of a savings, to make sure that you can invest wisely or that you simply have a rainy day fund. If you look in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 through 8, it says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. The ants even know that the winter's coming. It happens every year. Every year the winter's coming, and it's going to be harder and harder for them to find food. So prepare for that. And we need to, to take counsel from that and realize that hard times are coming. You may be having a great time right now financially, maybe have a lot of blessings that's in your care, and it's going to change. We always have ebbs and flows in this life that hard times come, so be ready for that. Set back a portion that that God has blessed you with for a rainy day fund so when those hard times come, you're not struggling and you're ready for it. If you look over again in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25, it says, The answer, people are not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Once again, just prepare. Be ready for those hard times that are coming. So following these principles of simply saving and not spending everything that that you earn and make sure that you have a little bit of savings is part of good management and good stewardship. The third thing we're gonna look at is controlling your expenses. You know, a universally accepted principle of financial stewardship is that you must control your expenses. It really doesn't matter how much income you make it really matters what's the gap between how much you make versus how much you spend. The, the bigger gap you can make, the better off you're going to be. So you can't save up, and you can't have that rainy day fund. You can't be able to invest into other things and to grow financially if you can't control your spending. If you look in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20, it says, There is a treasure to be desired, and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. So this is talking about that we have these earthly things and we have these pleasures that we want to get and that we all are are tempted towards and we want to have these nice things. But if you spend all your income getting these things, it's foolish. And we know it's foolish because we waste all of our money on luxury items. If you look at Proverbs 23 verse 21, it says, "...for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty." And the drowsiness shall clothe the man with rags. When you think about a drunkard and a glutton, what do they both have in common? They both have in common the things that they want, or the earthly things that they want, are in excess of the, what they should want. So they want to go get more things than what they have, whether it's being a drunkard, so alcohol or glutton, that's someone who, who eats too much so, or consumes too much. So you think about, they go out and they want to get more and more and more earthly things, and that's going to lead them to poverty. So we need to control our spending. We need to realize that. These passages speak of wasteful spending. And as you continue to do more and more wasteful spending, that will lead you to poverty. We have an example of this, uh, which is the prodigal son that we find in Luke chapter 15. So let's read that. Luke chapter 15, verse 12 through 14. Beginning in verse 12, it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. So we've all heard this story before about about the prodigal son, that he goes off into a strange land. And there's a lot of different things that that we can take from this scripture. But what we're going to look at is that he was not able to control his spending he's not willing to control his spending. He took his inheritance and he went out, and it says he wasted it with riotous living, meaning he just blew it. This this inheritance that he had, he just blew it on different worldly things that he shouldn't even been in that situation, but he put him there. So then after he blew all of his money, then the hard times come. Remember, we just studied about the ant, that the ant even knows that the hard times coming. Well, this guy apparently didn't, that he wasn't prepared for when the hard time coming because he went out and spent it all, And then the hard times come, and then what do you do? So you can continue on reading that story where he was even hoping to just eat with the pigs. And when you think about this was a Jew at the time that pigs were some of the dirtiest animals in their mind that that ever lived. And he was willing to go eat with the pigs just so he could survive. And eventually he, he went back to his father's house, and his father took care of him. But all that to show is that he was not willing to control his spending and went out and blew it all. And it, it led him to a state of poverty. And so many times we tend to follow those same, same lines as well. That we're not willing to control our spending, be patient, take it easy a little bit. And then when those hard times come, we're, we're in a, a lot of trouble. The fourth thing that we're going to look at in, in order to exercise godly stewardship is about debt. And there's a lot of things that we can look at as debt, and I've had plenty of questions asked to me. Is, is having debt a sin? I don't believe having debt is a sin. I think that we should be cautious with it. If we look over in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, it says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, if you're not willing to control the amount of debt that you have and you're not willing to look at those different things, you're going to have more and more debt. Uh, you're going to have more and more lenders that you're responsible towards, and that is going to make your spiritual growth harder. So if you have more and more and more stuff on debt that you're really not able to afford, then it's going to be harder for you to really live the Christian life that God expects us to live. And we have an example of this if we look over in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. This is going to be out of the New King James. Habakkuk 2, it says, "Will not all these take up a proverb against him, and a taunting riddle against him, and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his. How long? And to him who loads up himself with many pledges. Will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you? And you will become their booty. So what it's talking about here is, as you look at there in verse 6, it says, Woe to him who increases what is not his. One thing that you really need to realize is that when you have debt on something, that's not yours. Think about going to buy a car on credit. Like, you don't really own that car. The bank owns that car. And you're just making payments on that. And that's what it's talking about. Woe to him who increases what is not his. How long? How long are you going to do this? How much are you going to continue to add more and more and more debt? What does it say it's going to happen if you continue to do this? Let's keep going. It says, and to him who loads up himself with many pledges. A pledge would be, would be a debt. Considered a debt. It says, will your creditors not rise up suddenly? Are they not all going to come to you at once and say, give us our money or give us our different things back? When you think about taking on debt, making payments on debt always has interest with it and you're making more and more payments. You're paying a lot more for something when you have debt on it than you would if you just paid cash for it. And there's some things that we can't pay cash for and I get that. But what we just need to realize is that debt load brings interest load. And that when you have to pay that interest low, there's more and more and more interest that comes up. And as the debt accumulates, the amount wasted on interest accumulates, and then hardships tend to follow. And I've seen plenty of people with a lot of income that will waste a lot of money on things with a lot of debt. And then when the income ceases or something changes, they're in a world of trouble. That's usually where a lot of bankruptcies come in. That's usually where a lot of hardships come in. And those things are there for a reason but the whole point is if you're going to have debt just make sure you're using it in moderation make sure that you're managing that debt appropriately the next thing we're going to look at is investing another important point to use your savings wisely is to invest it in things that that will get your return and we have to make sure that we're avoiding risky schemes and the promises of unrealistic returns you know, it's just a common thing that, that things that sound too good to be true usually are too good to be true. This is another instance where you would want to seek wise counsel if you're going to start looking at investing in different things. Remember in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 16, the virtuous woman, she considers a field and buys it. it doesn't just say she saw a field and went, ran out and buy it. She considers it. She thinks about it. She's going to see if this thing is going to be a good investment for her. And it was. It was a good investment for her. The then she could turn, and, and with the fruit of the hand, she plants a vineyard. So the virtuous woman made a wise investment with her resources. And as a godly steward, we should be investing as well in things that will make a wise return for you. And with investing comes taking chances. If we look in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, it says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. This is talking about farming during this time. If we look over in verse 6 too, it says, In the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, either this or that, or whether they both alike shall be good. What he's writing about here in Ecclesiastes is, is he's comparing farming, that if you think about a farmer, that they don't go out and take chances, that they look out and say, like, well, you know, it's a little bit windy. I better not go sow the seed right now because the wind may just blow it away or there's a lot of clouds, it may rain, so I better not go do what I need to do. They're looking at all these different things that are potential risk factors, and that's keeping them from doing what they need to do. And what we need to realize is being a good steward is that implies you're going to have to take chances. And it implies that there's going to be certain risk in things that we do, and that if we do the things that we need to do, that maybe it's going to work out great, and maybe it's not. That's what it's talking about in verse 6. It says, you don't know what it's going to prosper what's going to prosper. God's the one who's going to give the increase, either this or that. They may both work out good if we do both things. So anyway, when we think about investing in different things, we think about doing what we need to do as a godly steward, we have to take chances, but take calculated risk. Don't go out and just blow stuff on things that sound too good to be true. Make sure you're seeking counsel, and when when the time is right, then take that risk. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4, it says, "...the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing." If you're too concerned with all these risks that you don't ever take effort, then you're guaranteed to fail. You're guaranteed to fail that you're going to have all these different things come against you. Remember, the winter's coming. And if you're not willing to take that risk and put in the effort and do the work, then you will have nothing and you're going to be begging. So this is what it's talking about this laziness is going to lead to make excuses to not work and fear of risk can easily morph into laziness if we're not careful. So don't be afraid of risk, just make sure you're taking calculated risk. And then the last thing we're going to look at to be a golly steward is to make sure that we're minimizing that risk. So it's a good idea that when you think about the material blessings that you have is to to hedge your risk like the ones mentioned above, just, just like we talked about. These risks are some things that you can control. For instance, insurance would be a good way to hedge your risk. So if you think about if you buy a house and that house, you're going to have a mortgage on it, most likely. Well, the mortgage company requires that you have insurance. And that's a good requirement because I'm afraid that some people will not have insurance on a house that they have a couple hundred thousand dollar loan on. And then what happens if the thing burns down? You still have a couple hundred thousand dollar loan and you've got nothing for it. Health insurance could be another way to minimize your risk. Looking at these different things of where you can protect what you have. Just make sure you're taking care of the things that you need. Look in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. It says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. The hay appeareth, and the tender grass showeth itself, and the herbs of the mountains are gathered. The lambs are for thy clothing, and the goats are for the price of the field. And thou shalt have goat's milk enough for thy food, and for the food of thy household, and for the maintenance for thy maidens. What it's talking about here in, the, in Proverbs 27 is to know what you're doing and to make sure that you're taking care of the things that you have. So it says right there at the very first be diligent to know the state of your flocks. What are the flocks that you're managing right now? What are the different things that you have? Sometimes I've seen people that they'll go out and, and they'll invest. They'll use the excuse, well, I'm no good with money, so I'm just going to turn it over to a financial planner. Let them deal with it. And then they never look at their finances again. That's a really poor way to be a financial steward. Know what you're dealing with and making sure you're having oversight thereof. And use the things that are good for you. If you continue on, it says riches are not forever. It's not going to last. So make sure that when you have it, that you're taking care of it. And there in verse 26, it says, Use the things that you have to benefit you and to benefit others. The lambs are for clothing. Use the wool that you get for lambs for clothing. Use the goats to pay for the field that they're in and the milk for food. So you have all these different things that God's blessed you with. And God's given you a great opportunity to improve your life and to improve the lives of other people around you as long as you're doing what you need to be to to be a good financial steward. And this applies to all manner of business and not, not just tending to animals. So in this study that we've seen this morning, hopefully you can see how you can be pleasing unto God with your stewardship. Remember that God owns everything and he's trusting you to take care of it and take care of it in a way that is pleasing and glorifying unto him. And to, this, to do this, we have to develop a mindset to not worry about when things are short or when we don't really have what, what we consider to be enough Because if we really consider our financial state compared to the rest of the world, everybody in here is very wealthy. We have a lot of riches. We have a lot of different things that God has blessed us with. And one thing to keep in mind is that wealth is simply a state of mind. I've seen plenty of people with a lot of financial and worldly possessions that are very poor. And I've seen plenty of people with very little material blessings that are quite wealthy. And the reason that happens is because it's all a mindset. Realizing that we trust more in God and we trust in these financial pleasures, that's where true wealth comes in. We know God's always going to take care of us. We know God is always going to have our back and give us what we need. It may not be everything we want. We may not have all the material things to keep up with the Joneses, but who cares if we keep up with the Joneses? Just take care of what God has managed you with. So hopefully for a little while you've seen that we should be a godly steward. We should trust in God, we should tr- do our part to be a godly steward, and we free up a lot of energy when we do that to truly take care of our spiritual growth and the growth of those that are around us. <clears throat> so that way we can really do the things we need to do as Christians. Above all these physical things that we've been given of God by God, we've been privileged with the opportunity of eternal life, the true riches that God has given us. This is just a way to exercise our management so that we can have those true riches later. So if there's any here this morning that you need a little bit of additional help, we can continue to study with you. We can continue to work with you. Ask, ask for advice. Ask for counsel. This is a journey for all of us that we're all growing to be better and better stewards of the things that God's blessed us with. If there's also anybody here this morning that you've heard about the gospel and you would like to obey that gospel and baptism this morning, then there really is no better blessing and no other inheritance that's better than being a child of God and being a joint heir with Christ, who has all the blessings and all the eternal riches of not only this world, but of everything, all the spiritual blessings as well. So if you really want to be a good steward of yourself spiritually, then obey the gospel, become a child of God, and, and a joint heir with Christ this morning. If you'd like to do that, or if you need the prayers the assistance for the church of any other reason, All you got to do is let your request be made known. Come have a seat on this front pew as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.